by naturopathicearth.com. Here is certified health coach A. Gregory Luna with Confessions of an Obese Child. Hello everybody, this is A. Gregory Luna. You can call me Gregory. And welcome back to another episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Thank you very much for returning to another episode. Before I begin and we talk about uh, my son... I wanted to mention that uh, I would really appreciate it if you listen to some of the other podcasts in the Naturopathic Earth Radio family. We have, of course, NPE Radio or Naturopathic Earth Radio where we talk about clean eating advice and we scare people about what food toxins and air toxins and household toxins there are around. And also we have Kate's Apothecary, which is a beginner's guide to aromatherapy and essential oil. Before I begin, uh, yeah, we are in the midst of Hurricane Harvey, as I mentioned in... MP radio number 44, my brother and my mother live in Houston and my, my brother's house unfortunately was flooded out and luckily he was able to get to a neighbor's house and stay there the remaining of the, of the high flood days, but his house is ruined because of the mold. So please pray for not only him, but the thousands of people in East Texas that were affected by this hurricane and it's interesting because you have survivor's guilt. You know, you know that this hurricane had to go somewhere. Of course, you don't want it to go where you're going. So you're kind of relieved it didn't go and then it went somewhere else, but it had to hit somewhere else. But then you feel bad that you're happy that it didn't go to where you're at. So misery and, and calamity had to accompany this hurricane and it's just a kind of a weird thing it's kind of like survivor's guilt when you lose your weight but it's similar to that in that it's like you didn't want it to come where you're at but then you feel bad about that but then what kind of person would want that hurricane to come where they're at some masochist type so it's just one of those kind of metaphysical quandaries that we have to kind of figure out it's very fascinating i think uh before I begin, I am a certified health coach. If any of you want to need help losing weight or need some t- sort of counselor or some mentor or just somebody to talk to, contact me through my website. As all of you guys know, I lost my weight over 25 years ago and I've been able to keep it off. So let's talk about my son. Yeah, this, this episode is very interesting. It's kind of gone like full circle. It's a full circle episode. I have a son. I have four children, and they are six, four, two, and newborn. My eldest son, who we'll just call my son, he is six. And interestingly, he and my two-year-old son have the exact same birthday. Like, what are the chances of that? Is that crazy? And it's more than like one in 365 chance or odds that that's going to occur, but it did occur. So they have the exact same birthday, birth month, birthday, which I think is very fascinating. My worry about him is that he's kind of stocky. He's a stocky kid, and I don't know how much he weighs. When I was in kindergarten, and he's in first grade now, he just started first grade, I weighed about 80 pounds. I think he's around 60, but he is kind of broad shoulder, and he kind of has a belly, and I'm worried, and I'm being completely honest with you guys because, again, this is like full circle. This is going back to episode one, why did I become fat? And here's, here's my worry is that I, I don't want him, of course, to go through the same misery that I went through that is well chronicled in these 20-something episodes. 
Yet at the same time, it's like the butterfly effect or going back in time. You know, if you alter time or if you intervene in the past, it can, it can create an alternate kind of universe and route where things could get even worse. So he's kind of a big boy. He's kind of stocky. He wears clothes that are bigger or that, that, that they should be for his, his age and his size. And I just, I, 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 I don't know what to do. I really don't know what to do because you, you don't necessarily want to restrict his eating. You don't want to restrict the eating because you don't want to be like, oh, no, you're big. Or, you don't know, you know, you're getting kind of big. You know, you don't want to even put that in that kid's head because kids at that age don't know that unless somebody's told them that. So you don't want to be telling them, oh, yeah, you need to go exercise more and you need to not eat cookies or donuts. But at the same time, you have to kind of intervene, right? If you have a kid that's kind of stocky, you don't know if he's going to outgrow it. He could outgrow it. Maybe he's going to get really tall and he'll outgrow it. But honestly, maybe he won't. And this is kind of like the intervention time. And I remember seeing a study that said that whatever size kids are at five, they'll be at 13. And then whatever size your kid is at 13, they'll be when they're an adult. So if your kid is overweight at five, they'll probably be overweight at 13. And if they're overweight at 13, they're probably going to be an overweight adult. And so I know this statistic and I'm just kind of like in the Robert Frost kind of fork in the road. There's two roads. And I just don't know what really to do. Now, in the past, I've always told all of my kids, you know, there's, there's, there's foods that make you tall and foods that make you smart and foods that make you better, better perform. And, you know, don't you want to be tall and smart like your daddy? And then I tell them, I go, and then there's other foods that do the opposite, that don't make you tall and don't make you smart and don't make you big. And so you want to eat a lot of the foods that make you tall, smart, and big and try to eat as little as possible of the other foods. So my kids know that like cookies and candies and sodas are foods that they shouldn't eat a lot. They know that. So I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing that I'm telling my kids to try to eat a lot of fruits and vegetables and, and you know meats, for example, and try to limit their pastas and cereals and cookies and all the processed food. I think that's sage advice. Now, I've, I've mentioned this to some of my friends. You know, it's like I ask them, I go, do you think my son's overweight? And, you know, they, they say that he's not. But, and so sometimes I think that I'm overreacting and I'm kind of projecting my fear and projecting my anxiety onto my to my son in that I'm, I'm maybe overblown, but he is stocky. He is stocky. And I mean, there's no question about it. It's just a question of whether or not he's going to outgrow it or not. So I really don't know what to do. I'm not going to tell him, oh, you know, you're stocky and that we need to limit your food. Because again, kids at a very young age don't overeat. If they haven't had anything that throws off their thermostat, some sort of trauma of some sort, they're just going to eat and then walk away. You know, I see that all the time with Kate's kids. They just eat a little and walk away. You know, you eat until you're not hungry and then you walk away. Kids at five or six, just like when I was five or six, we eat more because we're numbing something. We're numbing something. And I don't want him to know that he's stocky. And I'm worried, though, but that if he doesn't outgrow it and become unstocky, that eventually kids at the school will start calling him chubby or kids will call him fat. 
just like they called me fat 40 years ago, you know, 38 years ago. And then what did I do? I laughed it off. Ah, and then I went home and ate a bunch of uh, you know, ding-dongs and Twinkies. And they had to lock the food cabinet, which I broke into because I didn't know how to deal with it. And then the bigger I got, of course, that made me get bigger. And then the bigger I got, the more name calling I got, and then which fed the fuel of eating and do the, the incorrect eating. And this is what I'm worried about. I, I, I want to intervene, but I don't know if I should intervene. And I'm afraid if I don't intervene, not at kids out of his school, because he's in first grade, will start calling him chubby and overweight. Now, my son is a very sensitive boy, kind of like the way I was sensitive boy. And he's not the type to you know, say, you know, forget you, you're a loser, you know, you only make fun of me because you're insecure. I don't know. I know, I know six-year-olds don't talk like that, but uh, you know what I mean. He's not, like, like my daughter is very fiery and strong. She's four and she'll, she'll, you know, she'll say something back, but he's very insular. He's very introspective, introspective, and he's very sensitive. And I'm afraid that if he starts being called that, he won't know how to handle it and he might turn to food or he might uh, turn into drawing and just being very quiet because as it is, he's not the most um, articulate person. He kind of keeps everything interior. He's, he's not the type to ask questions. And so I think one of my frustrations is I'm worried that he's going to become overweight, of course, because then he might go through the exact same horrible things that I went to. But then part of me thinks, well, Aside from the medical issues of being overweight, and we know obesity leads it's direct link to cancer and direct link to the metabolic syndromes like hypertension, high cholesterol, diabetes, shorter life expectancy, you know, worse arthritis. It's just it messes with everything. Uh, so definitely, I don't want him to go down that road, especially if I can intervene right now. But I don't know if I can intervene because I don't know if intervening will cause him to develop a complex. The other thing is that being overweight in 2017 and in 2022 or 27, whenever he's older, I don't think has the same stigma that it did back when I was a kid. I think so many Americans and American youth are overweight that there's just like another kid. Like I noticed in my high school, I rarely, if ever, in my eight years of teaching, have ever heard a kid make fun of another kid for being overweight. Now, maybe they do in elementary school, maybe they do in middle school, but in high school, I don't see it. And also, I don't see like kids being shoved in lockers and kids' faces being shoved in toilets and all the things that, that uh, you know, happened to me and happened to other people back in the 80s and 90s. I, I don't know if the bullying is it's probably more on social media in that area than it is like outright bullying. It's kind of gone under and gone underground and kind of passive aggressive. But here, here's where I feel the most impotent is that, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, I am from a, I am divorced. So my kids are from a divorced family. And so, and this is problematic to me on a couple of levels. One is I only see him every other weekend and on Thursdays. And so I can't really control his eating. I, not that I want to control his eating, but I can't really put in front of him foods that might be healthier for him or you know present them in a way that he would eat them because he's not really into fruits and vegetables, unlike my four-year-old girl who will eat 
fermented foods, probiotic foods. My six-year-old son, he's really into, you know, the carbs, pizza, pasta, cookies, stuff like that. So I don't really have a day-in, day-out control of what he's eating so I can put better healthy alternatives in front of him. And frankly, if I brought it up to my ex-wife, hey, and, and, and to, be, to, to be clear, I've never brought this up to my ex-wife. You know, I'm worried that our six-year-old son is going to be overweight, and of course she knows the trauma that I had growing up, and, and I want to avert it. I think that if I did bring it up to her, she would just kind of dismiss it, not necessarily because she knows he's not stocky, but because it's coming from me. And if you guys any know anything about, you know, uh, divorced couples, uh, lots of times, uh, it's not always amicable. And lots of times if somebody presents something, even if it's something that's very like logical, like, Hey, we have, you know, toddlers in the house and I don't think we should leave that loaded gun on the table. They'd be like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, because of course there's always baggage, right? There's always baggage, even though clearly what you're, you're telling them to do makes sense. So that's one issue is I can't really kind of put healthy foods in front of him. And I think my ex-wife would uh, not really listen to what I had to say. And she would probably say that she does put healthy foods in front of him, even though from what my son tells me, she probably doesn't. That's not to malign her, but you know, of course he, it's very difficult when you have kids because like you want to put healthy foods, but lots of times they won't eat it and they'll cry and whine. I don't want to have broccoli. I want to have a bagel you know, for dinner or something like that. And so then you're, you're torn because it's like, you don't want the kids to go to school because then you'll get the phone call from the school. Your son is hungry. Are you malnourishing him? Are you going to, we're going to cause child protective services on you. So you're like, and so the part of you is like, you want to feed them, but then part of them, you don't want to give them, you know, a candy bar for dinner. And then part of you thinks, well, if they're really hungry, they'll eat the broccoli eventually. So, I mean, that's that. That's one issue. The other one is that you know what kind of effect does the divorce does divorce have on children? Does divorce have on children? Could the divorce and my my ex wife and I we divorced when he was about four. Could the divorce fuel him to uh, incorrect eating or disordered eating or disordered whatever because he's not dealing with what it's like to be divorced. So then if any of you come from a divorced or any of you are divorced, um, you, you deal with this guilt all the time. How, and this is like prior to the divorce, you know, I, I don't know what kind of situation you were in your marriage, whatever reasons you had to end the marriage or they ended it. Uh, you, you struggle with this. It's like, is this a healthy environment for my children? Would they be better off not seeing or not hearing what they're seeing and hearing every day? And so you're torn. You don't know what's best for them. And then in the event that you do divorce or separate and divorce, then you're struggling with, did I make the best decision in the long run? Is this going to hurt them more? Because if you look at all the statistical indicators of children of divorce, and, it, and it's also with children that come from high strife family, it's mostly high strife. That they have a higher rate of incarceration, higher rate of drug use. The women have a higher rate of uh, teen pregnancy. Both sexes have a higher rate of having low grades. So all the indicators uh, are bad, are bad. And so this is one of the worries that I have. And he insulates, like I said, my four-year-old daughter 
will just be straight out and ask, you know, why aren't mommy and you in together anymore? And then I explain to them, it's like, well, sometimes mommies and daddies don't get along and then they fight. And sometimes it's just the best that they're not around each other. So she asked because she is the more kind of just like, if I think it, I'm going to say it. And it's just more curious. Whereas my six-year-old son doesn't, has never asked that question, which I'm sure he wants to know more than my four-year-old because he was older when the separation and divorce happened. So this is a, a constant guilt trip. It's like, how is the divorce going to affect my children? And is he eating more because of the divorce? Because when he was two, three, four years old, he was regular size. And in the last couple of years, he's gotten bigger, stockier, and he has a belly. Now, it's just because he's going through a growth spurt, or is he uh, eating more to numb the pain? It's really hard to say because I see him in such a limited amount of time and I don't know. So like, for example, if we go and have a slice of pizza, I'll take him, let's say we go to Whole Foods or wherever and he gets a slice of pizza, he'll eat the entire slice of pizza. Is that normal for a six-year-old? I don't know. You know, I'll ask people and they'll and they'll say it's normal. And then if I tell them, okay, well, I'm just going to give him half or something like that, then they're like, well, don't restrict him. He's going to want to secretly eat. Well, I don't know if that's true or not. And I don't I don't really know if it's normal for a six-year-old to eat an entire slice. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. And this is the issue is that growing up overweight messes up your view of food, which of, of course we all know this. And any of you who, are, who were overweight as a child or currently overweight and you have children and you're kind of cognizant of this and you're kind of aware, you must worry about this too because you don't want your kids to be overweight. And we've talked about this like in the big and tall store and the competitive eater. I think it was more the competitive eater episode 11 where I talk about my experiences going to a buffet as an adult. And you see this multi-generational obesity where the parents are obese and their kids are already obese and they're five, six, eight, nine years old. And then I get so angry with these parents because I'm like, you, it's almost like if you love your kids, you you would you would intervene. You wouldn't let them eat unlimited amount of desserts at Golden Corral or whatnot. It's like you you are causing them to have a shorter life expectancy. And so it's 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 similar to that, like with my son. It's like, is the divorce causing him to eat more? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if, and I don't want to broach the subject at all with him about food and about eating and about being stocky and having a little belly because I don't want him to have that idea in his head that he is overweight and he's not necessarily overweight. He's just big and stocky for his age. So this is just the quandary that I have. And these are just some kind of stream of consciousness feelings that I'm having. As always, I strive to be very honest in my confessions. And this is a struggle that I have as a divorced father is, and I think a lot of divorced fathers feel this way. It's like you feel like you aren't there for your kids. You feel like you don't see them enough. You want to connect, but you're you're disconnected from them because you don't get to see them daily. And so you're wrought with this guilt. And then it's compounded by the fact it's like, well, if if I would have stayed with the ex-wife, maybe he wouldn't have gotten stocky or maybe he would have gotten stocky. And this is all in my head. And this is my point. When you're overweight, when you're an overweight child and you have these issues with food, you don't know when you're right or when you're wrong about food. And so I have to rely on others and ask other people 
I have to ask other people, is this normal? Is he overweight? Is he eating too much? Because you don't want to put ideas in his head. You don't want to put ideas in his head. So this is what I'm dealing with. And of course, I will give you updates throughout the months and throughout the years as I continue to do these confessions. The last thing I want to mention is I did see the um, the show on Netflix with Lily Collins. I think it's called To the Bone. It's the one where she is a, I believe she's probably in college age, and she has a history of eating disorders and she's anorexic. And Keanu Reeves plays her new therapist. And it's a movie. It's not a miniseries. And Lily Collins admitted prior during the press release for this that she suffered from eating disorders. And I mean, the the movie is okay. The movie is okay. I do like the scenes where they bring in the family because you can definitely see the family's dysfunction contributing to the eating. And you kind of see her growth as a character because in the beginning, she kind of doesn't really care. And she's like, I don't want to be here at at this rehabilitation clinic. I want to get out. And then eventually because she falls in love and because Keanu Reeves, of course, is, you know, revelatory and his hard hard, uh, approach to counseling, that eventually she sees that she needs help and she sees what's going to eventually happen to her. My only issue with the show and is, is Lily Collins admitting that she had an eating disorder. This kind of stuff always bothers me. Like Demi Lovato was another one who admitted she was cutting and all these things. I, I don't have necessarily a problem with it per se, but I, I, I'm just such a cynic that I think that lots of times they bring these things up because the kids will be like, they'll get good public relations, good, good, good press in that people will like them more and they'll be able to sell records or they'll go see their movies. And you, if you ask them, all these people who suffer from eating disorders or drug addictions, they'll be like, I just wanted to come out open. So, so people will know who have these issues that they're not alone. That's a, that that's true on one level. But to me, it's like almost like a cover. It's like when they, you go to a job interview and they ask you, what's your worst trait? And you said that you work too hard. It's kind of like one of those things. And if Lily Collins admitted, not in a press release or when a new book is coming out, but when, I don't know, five years ago when she was a nobody that she had an eating disorder, I would take it much more seriously. But when you admit to an eating disorder before a show that you're in, you, I think partly you're admitting it because you want people to watch your show. You want people to watch your show. And I just think that is so self-engrandizing and it's so gratuitous. And I, I and I almost find it to the point where it's shameful. Now, am I shaming her for having an eating disorder if it's true? Absolutely not. I think most Hollywood actresses have an eating disorder because their job is to stay skinny. I mean, that, that's the only way they're going to get uh, roles. And it's unfortunate that the Hollywood's like that, but it's true. So I'm not surprised that she has an eating disorder. It's just... It's just, it's similar to like Carrie Fisher, rest in peace, from Star Wars Princess Leia. She released a book before she died where she admitted that she had an affair with Harrison Ford, Han Solo, during the making of Star Wars. And this was in 1977, and he was married, and she was like 19. And it's kind of like the same thing. It's like, why is she bringing it up now? Because she's releasing a book. She could have released it in when her career was nowhere in the 90s and the in the knots. But she did it because it, it doesn't make people want to buy the book. And so I just I just think it's a little cynical. But if any of you have an eating disorder, I think 
uh, To the Bone, the Lily Collins show. I, I think that's the name of it. It does a good job in that it warns you ahead of time that some of this stuff might be triggering to people with eating disorders and that you should contact somebody if you have it. Unlike 13 Reasons Why, which I do not think did that. If you want my opinion on 13 Reasons Why, you got to listen to, I believe it's uh, episode 21 or 22 where I talk about that show. Just look at the, at the show notes. So that's just a little cynic in me. So please contact me. I love it when you guys contact me through the website and give me your feedback on these confessions and, and similar things you've gone through. And I would really appreciate it because I think what I'm talking about tonight, and I know some of you might think it's very shallow and I'm a D-bag that I don't want my kid to be overweight. It's not like the, the mothers who are taking their overweight daughters to the big and tall store, which I talked about in episode 14. It's not like I'm going to be ashamed of him for being overweight. I simply just don't want him to be overweight because it's traumatizing and it's horrible for your health. So please contact me. Give me your feedback. Tell me what to do. I'm completely open to counsel. <sighs> Okay, well, until next time, take care, God bless, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Confessions of an Obese Child. Make sure to visit us at www.naturopathicearth.com for additional confessions, wellness articles, recipes, and a whole lot more. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe to this podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Naturopath Earth. See you next time.